What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 77. A special bean shout out to get us going. What's the shop that these are from? Late for the train. Late for the train. Uh, Ollie, I'm sorry. These are from Flagstaff. Flagstaff. From special uh, man, Caleb Easton. No way. I didn't tell George who it was from, but Caleb Easton, fan of... That chick's out. Yeah. Team, ex-teammate of George, ex-Wisconsin boy. Well, Wisconsin boy for life. From really, Wisconsin high school. He's really got a foot in both camps here. He does. Yeah. And along with where, the where's, beans, his, where's his allegiance lie, though? Where, where's well, his life? Well, I have, a, I have a second part to this, which I haven't revealed yet, okay. which is for all of us. Yeah. Along with the beans, he also gave us some very special stickers for us. One for you, Ollie. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> for you, George. I mean, they're, they're all for us. But for those listening at home, they Repeat are... Repeat the three-peat NAU 2022 National Champions. They're <laughs> NAU six-time National Champions cross-country uh, stickers. So now we've got a bunch of those. So God, I can't believe I'm I knew George this. was going to love this. I knew Ollie was also going to love it, but in very <laughs> different ways. Um, I mean, I do I think like... think it shows what camp he's truly in. Yeah, definitely cemented his camp there, uh, much to my dismay. But I do like the North Rim. That's a good name for a bag of beans. That's Is that the... Big, you big rim guy? <laughs> big rim guy. Um, Loves a good rim job. Fla- <laughs> is that Fla- a reference stuff. to the Grand Canyon or something? <laughs> what? How did it go to the ground? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, I would hope so. <laughs> creamy, vibrant, juicy. juicy. Okay, I was looking See, at North the. North Rim should be described as creamy, vibrant, and juicy. Right? I was it's looking like at the profiles on both bags. They have different profiles for the beans, and I'm pretty sure they've just made up half of it. Like, they just put all these, like, I mean, they're nice sounding words, but they're just very provocative. Did you go to this place? I don't when think I did. Flag? I don't remember it. It's actually a good one. It might have moved since you. We were in Flag that one time. Bro, this I, got a new spot. I'm still off the bandwagon. I've never been to Flagstar. <laughs> this, this is the place where I got the shaken thing from. Mm, They're the, like the OG. Oh, the one that was in Do we remember the name of that? Yeah. The, what? The, the name of that drink? It starts with an F. Oh, wait. The Italian version? Yeah. yeah. It oh, starts with an F. Fredo or something. Yeah. Like Fredo. But they call it Shaken Americano. And that was where I got it. Makes sense. The idea. Shaken when I used Americano. to make them at the last house. But yeah, I've been making like, them recently. They're good. Really they're, tasty. These are, these are the OGs. Well, right. maybe not actually, but, but seen as they're also initially somewhere. But, <laughs> Popularized uh, it in flag stuff. Yeah. For sure. But thank it's you very spot. much for that, Caleb. Thanks, Caleb. Shout bro. out to him also on his uh, injury comeback as well. I think he had. Yeah, he got some hip surgery. Yeah, pretty major injury. But I saw he's back running. So, you know, Huge. I hope it all goes well. Hope he can. I'm not sure if he's going to be racing soon, but what year is he? Is he. Fifth year, six years. I mean, with COVID, who knows? I think Seventh he year, told me year? he was going to do six years. So, is he, is he in Casey Casey Klinger's? Wait, so yeah. okay, did sophomore? you see Casey Klinger was a sophomore? He's a yeah. sophomore in indoors. Yeah. I thought that guy was around when I was running college. He, he's your he age. ran twenty seventeen. The crazy thing, yes. Yeah, so that's that's why his story is so crazy, is because he already had hella yeah. success his first year as a freshman. Well, this no, he did not even the first year. One semester, he just ran cross, and then he went. And, and he was like 20th or yeah, something crazy. Real good. And then he went for two years. And then fast forward five years, six years, sophomore. Six, six years later, he's a sophomore. <laughs> how, does that, how does that make sense? Just got to become Mormon, bro. But isn't the, isn't the mission two years? This is long and then two years of COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. So that's four years. So then if it's been six years, that still doesn't add up in my math to being a sophomore. They've, they've, got a good, they've got a good compliance program there. Yeah. They're really good at that. One of the Q&A questions, which I wasn't going to... Oh, there's a Q&A episode, by the way, everyone. One of the questions was just BYU split shorts. Do you guys follow the 
the no context track split shorts saga the meme of yeah, yeah so i'm guessing the split shorts is like that the shorts are really bad that the dick and balls come out <laughs> yeah the ball, there's like a bunch of i'm not sure if there's multiple or there's one main one but there is like the classic like byu kid balls hanging out of the shorts it'd be like he'd be leading the pack at like nutty comb he's dick and balls hanging out so now so now everyone memes the split shots and everyone wants to get a pair of their (laughs) shots wait okay do you know who else that happened to that we don't make fun of at all i know one person not in wisconsin yeah happened in wisconsin i know maverick darling but who who are you thinking home straight of like incelblaze He's on our team. Oh, Yahard. Yahard had the split shorts in the, in the green Under Armour. Yes. Yeah. How do we... What race was that? Oh, shit. I don't it know. It was a while ago. It was, it was the green splitties, wasn't it? Well, the maybe green, it wasn't in Subways, but it was, it was definitely Haywood, I think. I remember that at the time. Yeah. And then somehow it just got... It's because Yahard's got too many other... He's got too many Easter eggs. Yeah, too many Easter eggs. Like, for anyone else, that would be, like, a big deal. But <laughs> for him... He probably didn't even, like, blink an eye at it. He's like... Yeah, what did you expect? I got big balls. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna come out of my shorts. He just finished. Time. He just goes like that. Just <laughs> yeah. a little bang, bang, the bang guns. guns. Yeah. Uh, oh, when he finished that Madrid race, well, the whole thing do? about yeah. that, he did. So this is an aside, but he did the. He's just whatever he does, it just turns into meme gold for the Madrid race. <laughs> for those who weren't watching, they did the the start thing that all the big races do now, where they have the tunnel that the people come out of yeah, yeah. and everyone came out and then there was like a 20 second gap and then Yarrow just walks out like as if like, like oh, got lost he goes away the way like that yeah goes. as if he got lost and then after the race he, he wins it beats one of the best like 1500 fields of the yeah. season then he was feeling himself he did multiple things he did he did the finger guns and then he did a bunch of other stuff I can't remember he had to everything he does just it's just gold it's, it's perfect for no context. I would it, say. it is perfect for no context. Well, I mean, did you hear the the story behind it? Like, apparently they made him wait because they wanted him to come out because he was the the m- most favorite to win the race. And there was still one guy after him. I think though, it was Mo Maybe was it him I and Mo? They came, they came out. And they came out like the two heavy hitters, as Morgan would say, and they were coming through. And I remember. Ritz was like waiting around going, where is he? Where's Yard? He's, <laughs> he's going to be like, he's got to do his strides. He's got to do his strides. Where is he? And it's like, oh shit. Where is he like forgot to come out? And then all of a sudden he just walks out casually like he's woken up. <laughs> Looks around. Is this, is this the track? Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. So that was the context behind that. It was like they tried to Too hold good. back uh, Mogatir and Yard. Make the, the hype and then he just walked out yeah. just, what's going on guys? Yeah. I'm here to race. Yeah. But... So the main story for today, NCAA Indoors happened this past weekend and a couple of days of amazing racing as it is every year. Shame on us. Last week, we didn't even preview it. We didn't. I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think we even mentioned it. I could be wrong. We didn't preview it in any fashion. And last week, we had a lot of other stuff to talk about. So we were pretty into that. But the other thing with it is we did uh, like in our just day to day life, we talked about it a little bit and on the well, the men's and the women's were complete opposites. The men's sides, we looked at all the races and we were like, we don't know who's going to win. There's too many good people. The women's side, different story. Different story. <laughs> we were like, Caitlin Tui is going to win everything. <laughs> so, and you know, that is kind of how it played out. And it was both very exciting because mm. to start off with Caitlin Tui, to be doing what she's doing at still such a young age, pulling off the double just and just convincing, up, racing up at altitude, coming from sea level, Getting that 3K, 5K <clears throat> double, just I amazing. love how much of a, an issue it is to like all the people that 
said she was like done like the, phenomenal high school and then yeah. she had you know, maybe like not the best and she had like year. one injury yeah or something and like maybe everyone was just like i mean i'm sure there were so many people that were just like ah oh, yeah she peaked in high school like blah 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 yeah now seen this story just, before yeah now she's absolutely <laughs> just so dominant it's i'm insane I, i'm not sure if anyone on the women's side has done what she's doing right now no where you go so. the cross country 3k 5k i wonder if she'll she's do already won so her 5k, 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 5K. Yeah. Started outdoor 5k. 5k so she has ncaa tiles as outdoor 5k cross country and then three and 5k indoors so and sprinkle in two sprinkle sprinkle yeah. records. and some team titles as well team titles yeah how about that and the record in the mile as well she's probably yeah. gonna be she probably could have run the mile but she just wanted to give someone else a shot I mean, if the, she didn't do the, you know, the classic, like, GoPro early, if she just went through college, she'd probably become one of the most decorated women in distance. She's already doing it. I mean, the, she's going to, surely she, she goes pro after this year. Because I, I don't see her staying. Stock, financially, it would be a bad your stock, decision. Your, your stock cannot get any higher. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be financially a bad decision if she didn't go pro after this year. She has the NIL, NIL deal with Adidas, but I don't even know what that means. I don't think that's really that big of a deal. I think she's going to go pro. Who knows? Maybe she'll uh, she'll join the OAC. That'd be pretty sick. That would be pretty cool. sick. But uh, yeah, the women's side was. I mean, those races she dominated, and then I mean, the did you guys see the eight hundred? The two Stanford yeah. eight hundred girls. I believe it's. Ro- I'm gonna butcher his name. Is it Roisin? Roisin. I think that is actually Roisin yeah. Willis and is it Julie? Juliet uh, Whitaker. Two Stanford, uh, true freshmen. Yeah. Both. Also, high school phenoms a year ago. I think they both ran two flat, or I think Roisin actually ran under two. Could be wrong, but yeah. then they go one, two, NCAA indoors, first year together. After living the dream, winning the DMR the night before. Dramatic fashion DMR. Dramatic they're DMR. pretty. They're sitting the bar pretty high as true freshmen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so where do you go from there? From there? Where, well, from where there? they went was almost dropping the baton in the four by four. Actually, they had like <laughs> the worst changeover. <laughs> but. So. And Maybe then, they are still freshmen. They still they're not perfect, I guess. But they're uh, and the they're doing crazy stuff as a freshman. I, the eight hundred is a, is an event where you often do see that, I suppose. Mm. People, Particularly indoors. Yeah, people come in as freshmen and they're just like already like so the best. Ahead. I mean, I, I think Mo like when she came in to do the eight hundred, it was like she was out for a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, Donovan Brazier was the same on the men's side too. when he came. I mean, he didn't actually win NCAA indoors. I don't know if you remember that, but then outdoors was when he won and who, set the world junior record. Well, I think something happened to him while we're going down. This is memory. It's a rabbit hole. I think he maybe didn't make the... Something weird happened. Not like I'm making an excuse for him, but uh, actually, you know who won? I'm pretty sure Clayton Murphy won that year. I think you're right because he went 800 indoors and then 15 outdoors. I think this was 2016. Yeah. Really racking my brain right now. Yeah, really going through think, the archives. I think, I think you've done well there. Yeah. yeah, you've done very well. But I think something happened to Donovan Brazier where he maybe didn't make the final even. Something that like that because, yeah. But but then outdoors, he ran 143. Oh, 143. I think. It was either 144 low or 143. And it was, I think it was a world junior record, NCAA record type. I just remember, because that was my first NCAA Outdoors, and I was warming up at the time, and I just remember that was one of those moments where you're warming up and you hear it over the loudspeaker, and you hear the whole crowd just going crazy, and you're like, fuck, like, what just happened? So, yeah, epic. Do you know who I also want to mention on the women's side, who I felt bad for, but also impressed by, mm-hmm. is Lauren Gregory coming same, second same. again. I don't know what the stat is on Mrs. how many runners are consistent. Mrs. But consistent. It's like, it's She's amazing. Ridiculous. And every time, she, she probably has, like, 
10 team titles total because <laughs> yeah. Arkansas wins like I know I know George and I are fan because she has an amazing stride yeah. really fun to watch and she wears splitties, and she wears splitties. everything about the, her is so cool I was yeah. watching that one with Cinta and Cinta had a lot of back to back with her because of SEC and all that mm. and in outdoors she even races the 10k you know she, yeah, she does it all and then in the summer run 15 this summer though. in the summer I believe I follow her on Instagram I think she did world mountain running well, yeah, she, <laughs> she literally did so she's the most like she's just likeable. out there having fun grinding away and like yeah. she could have well maybe that's what you just what you did because like, they won the team title but she also anchored the night before runner out in DMR mm-hmm. and then like yeah maybe that cost her half a step in the mile run yeah. out again I thought she was gonna I really thought she was gonna get it but uh she went all early. That's my. She, she's, she's been flying seconds and thirds, right? She hasn't like, won an NCAA title yet. Has I she? think she's got second like a million times. Yeah, she's been she's been consistent with second. One more chance outdoors. Yeah, but Best she looked like one twenty to go. She was absolutely flying, and like had it wrapped up. Yeah, but then twenty meters to go, it was. She was. She had a wall. So yeah. She just waited half a second. I feel like there's like a big belief in indoors that you have to go. This is what. This is coming from Yared too, who the ultimate last twenty meter guy. He was like, "Why is always like people always say you have to get it done on the back straight? Like, you know, leaving it for the home straight is too late." But I feel like a lot can happen. A lot can happen in the last twenty meters. Dude, yes and no. See, last See, I, I agree with that too. I was a believer in the back straight, and now I'm believer in. Yared's I mean, th- also maybe there's nothing wrong with doing on the back straight too, but like, there's still plenty of room with forty to go. There, a lot. So many places can change hands. This NCAA is. 100% proved what yeah. you're saying right now because that was a story in a lot of the events but if I'm racing I still believe that compared to outdoors at least having the lead with 200 yeah. to go is so advantageous because that was the back and forth between Grant Fisher and I every single indoor race it was just whoever was leading yeah, into the bell won because the race Milrose Grant had you at the bell yeah couldn't get around so that's why I'm just like that's true why but I'm if so you sad. are behind if you're already behind in this like you can't do anything about it. Do you wait one or two bins? It's <laughs> a great question. I guess you got to wait till the end, but then it's just... Usually you can feel it out. I don't know. Yeah. When I'm behind someone, I can usually feel out like if if it's like time to go after the first bend, you're like, okay, time to go. But if they still feel pretty strong, then you think, well, then just leave it to the last second and see if you can get past them. Yeah. Jared, Jared is also just the king of leaving it to the last Jared, two Jared's leaving it to the last like two meters. Somehow stumbling across the the line. Well, yeah, that that race, that fifteen hundred race in uh, Austin was like the, yeah. the most nice. Because like just I, I honestly I was in the race. I think I was fourth, and I remember seeing I thought Justine won, and then looking up and somehow yeah I was able to like get through like under him, get his chest over the line and win it. It was well, like, crazy. In indoor season, he did that twice in the demo because he did that to Grant, to, Grant. to Grant and to us. Yeah. He did that to you, oh, to yeah, Ollie, because we went and raced. The DMR at Notre Dame during yeah. the season. He did that to me, as and well. then he somehow did it to Grant yeah. as well. And it, both times, it's always just like he yeah. looks. He's the king of it. Especially, I don't think he does. So when he races now, he just looks incredibly strong. But back then in college, he would do this thing where he kind of looked like he was dying a bit, and then he would bring it back at the very end. Now he just looks like amazing well, the whole he's, time. He's just yeah. a more developed runner. He's just like yeah, <laughs> that replay level. of the one with Grant came on. Like I watched that on YouTube like two days ago, and he looks like. He looks like 15. <laughs> Compared to how he looks now, he looks so young and like still has a stride. Yeah, looked like he was completely out of it. Yeah, he still has that stride though, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's been around for since 
since right. the time of college days. But Is that so all the comments on the women's side? I think so. I mean that was all the races all some amazing performances. So good to watch. I like every race and in, in indoors especially, every race is always just so exciting. You, okay, this might be a bit premature before we took, go talk about the men, but indoors or outdoors NCAA is what's more entertaining. Mm. If you go to watch it. In person. Yeah. Obviously on the TV I feel like it's the same because NCAAs but I think I would, in person I think me personally I'm going to say indoors I, I think indoors is the hype around it close to the track I would still say outdoors but yeah, outdoors at Haywood Field for me is the pinnacle but I would say as a competitor I always feel like indoors is more exciting mm. but I've just been to by the time you get to, I mean it's not true because at indoors this every year there's so many records set and in Albuquerque this time again there was a ton of amazing performances but I just feel like every time you see NCAA outdoors there's always you know at least one two three athletes who are truly world class mm. and they're bringing it all at outdoors and to me that's always hard to compare to yeah. in indoors because indoors, indoors is kind of like the 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 warm-up for outdoors really it's just like the yeah the, the icing on the cake is definitely outdoors that's that just, I mean as a me, spectator, like, as a spectator I'm thinking like I don't know when I think of indoors and, and going to spectator, it's just the atmosphere is you're much more indulgent to it. Whereas in outdoors, it's too spaced. Interesting out. word use. Probably a terrible word use. <laughs> Classic Ollie, Ollie move there. You're, you indul- okay. I you meant to say was, again. I, I was meant to say was, you. In, I think you indulge in. <laughs> I'm using that word. I'm sticking with it. You indulge in the atmosphere more indoors because of the surrounding and like how it's kind of enclosed compared to where outdoors, I feel like it's a bit spread out and you kind of can be a bit out of the action sometimes with certain things. But I feel indoors, you're more in action, seeing it all, getting excited about everything. But you're definitely right with the outdoors being this is the cream of the crop. But the, the I, think you, I think you rescued that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, thinking of the, I was thinking of the... I, could, I couldn't think of the word I was going to use and then I used that word. Thinking, just, I gotta fix like, this. Let's do it. Let's let's ride. Send it. <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta use it. The, the... Probably the issue for us as distance runners, which this would actually make indoors more exciting, is I don't think we're ever very invested in the team battle. Which if you were looking at it from that perspective, I think it's very different because outdoors the sprint schools tend to dominate even more. And if you're into that, it's probably very exciting. But indoors the distance schools can actually do okay in the mm. team battle, but I'm just being honest. I've never really cared about the team battle. We had one instance where we cared a lot, um, and that was in shit. Where was that? That was Birmingham. That was the that last was year. Yeah. I think we tied fourth. We were fourth tied at Stanford. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then you know he was fourth last year, and he was fourth. You guys were meant to win when it got cancelled. No, we were. You were you guys ranked together. first. We were, I think we were like first or second because we, we were ranked first. Like going LSU. in, remember? Yeah. We were like ranked with like LSU. <laughs> so it's just complete. You guys aren't even. Like, no event are you guys, like, crossing yeah, over each other. not a single crossover. <laughs> it's so funny. It's going to be so Which actually, good. I think that'd make it more entertaining. It actually because would. You're not competing against the team that's going to win. It's just about your performances individually. That would have been kind of cool to see, actually. Yeah. But, I don't know. They're just different. But it's hard to relate to spectators because I, we're just... We've never been... Well, we are spectators. Like, we watch it on TV. But I think what interests us is very specific. In going to a meet, it's just a different story. But I do overall think that an indoor meet... Has is more exciting than an outdoor meet mm. in general, unless you get to the pinnacle of outdoor meets where it is a full big stadium that's packed and you do start to get that atmosphere. But the atmosphere is so much easier to get in indoors, which I think it makes it so exciting. But you're yeah, moving on to the men's, as we said, hard to pick 
favorites for these events just because of how deep it was at the top. And when you look at the start list these days and you look at the times that everyone is running, it's so intimidating. I can't imagine being an athlete now and running these crazy times and just squeaking into the ways. But I will say that still, once you get to the meet, once you get to the race, things separate. Surprisingly, things separate. Me and Ollie had this exact same conversation yesterday. When we yeah, because you look at it and you're like, okay, so this is 16, 74, 7.45, 3K guys. Yeah. How are they going to separate? They all should just be a pack, but that's not how it plays out. It's just, it, it literally goes to pure racing, right? Like mm-hmm. you think about times, I mean, look at the... the the tension, well, not the tension, sorry, that's the wrong word. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to struggle with words. Mr. Thesaurus. The tension from the other team seeing, wait, let's see if we can fix this. The tension from the other team seeing with Washington do what they did in the mile. Like, you're thinking, wow, there's going to be like no one else except for Huskies in that final. But there was, you know. Um, I think just when it comes to pure competitive racing, people are always going to turn up and some people don't perform well. Mick Byrne used to have this saying, it was called the one-third rule. Do you remember it? Yeah, I still think about it. I still think about it a lot. The one-third is like, one third of the field will exceed expectations. One third of the field will compete around what they're capable of doing, and then one third of the field yeah. will um, below be below it. So that's a good point. Actually. It's definitely, I think, when it comes to competitive racing, like NCAA's, you're not going for a time. You're purely competing against people. Um, that kind of rule always comes to my head. Is like where are these people going to kind of fit in to to that one third rule. So I. It is pretty cool to see. It's just different. Caitlin Tui is just a different, you know, different level. Whereas, like, times for her, she can go into a time trial and crush, and she can go to a race and crush. Whereas with the men, there isn't anybody there, I don't think, at that level. But well, there, there are, there, there's a lot of people at the same level who are just obviously very, very high together. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, she's just on a different level to everyone else. And it so makes- it's interesting. I think the men's was much more exciting because there was more uh, chances for upsets. It was just all like pure racing and it was so good to see and uh, got to give a shout out to the Wisconsin boys that were there. Did pretty well. Did very well. Started off with uh, the DMR. We got third. Third in the DMR. I think. But did you guys see the DMR? I don't know how Oklahoma State is so good. I've never seen a DMR be won on the 1200 leg before, I don't think. They literally, they they won it on the 1200 leg. I think they had Somehow they had three seconds on everyone in the 1200, which you don't see that too often because no. the 1200 is always a little bit tactical and then a bit of a kick, and he, he just destroyed them. And then the the 400s were really... Does it go 400, 800? Yeah. The 400s were really quick, and then the 800 was hilarious because Wisconsin actually took the lead for a little bit. <laughs> Shout out to Abdullahi, who apparently, according to Mick Burns' stopwatch, which is known to be a little bit in, inaccurate at a times. A little bit inaccurate, yeah. Especially when it makes its way onto Twitter. But he said that Abdullahi went out in a 48 and then ran a 59. <laughs> But if you watch the video, you believe it because his second lap, I think he, he ran like a 23 for 200. I don't know. He, he was going so quick. So we took the lead briefly, but then uh, the Oklahoma State runner, I think, paced himself a little bit better. And then over the last 400, was able to pick it up. And then they just held the lead. And in the mile, I think the mile was tough because it was at altitude. We haven't even mentioned how the meet was at altitude. And that would have had an impact on all these races, especially the distance ones. The the kids were just grinding out there and the Oklahoma State guy just had, he had a 20 meter lead just the whole time and no one could catch him because I think he was running around four minute pace, but at... I think he split a full flat. At that, pretty damn good. Yeah, that altitude, that's... Extremely I think, impressive. I think it's like four seconds, five seconds. Yeah, yeah four or five. Doing sure. it from the front. So, DMR, they crushed and then big kick down behind Wisconsin. Who ran the mile for Wisconsin? Did Bob? Bob Liking, which... Yeah, Bob for, Liking For ran. people who don't know, it's 
it's kind of funny to see he 100% deserves it but he's the he's the type of runner who's like more pure cross country mm. 10k yeah so you don't expect him to, to be, be on the mile like in the DMR the DMR because yeah. we have really good mid distance runners yeah. as well but I think with just everyone's schedule like who was running individual events it made sense and the crazy thing about it is he had a mad kick down yeah like he kicked down like some amazing well mileage. he, he, he uh, beat the Washington guy yeah, Kieran mm-hmm. Lum, I think, was anchoring for them. Yeah. And then, no, 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 it wasn't Joe Oscom. Nah, he was a 12. It was Kieran. Oh, okay. But Kieran Lum, he's run, what, 51 or 2? 52 low, maybe. 52 yeah. this season. So, so look at that. So, like, Bob Bob holding his own in the in the mile as well is pretty uh, pretty awesome. And then tragic to see, well, who got second in the DMR? Do you guys remember? I guess uh, we'll look at the results. Because oh, Ole Miss, oh, Ole Miss, Miss. who they had, they had the craziest loss. Like, you ran 357 up there. Really? Yeah, he ran three fifty-seven. Ah, it's in transfer. I don't know. I, I I can't remember his name. But the fun, the tragic one was Tennessee ended up third or fourth, and then they got DQ'd for the softest. I don't know if you guys saw a playback. I thought it was so soft. He passed on the inside. This is Yassine, who I absolutely love. This guy, <laughs> and he's just he's kind of like one of those wild characters who I saw every single race I've seen him do indoors. He's diving over the finish line. Like some, something's happening. He's, something dramatic. He's, he's extremely talented, but something dramatic always happens when he races. He's the one that anchored Texas to win last yeah. year. Yeah. So he's he's amazing. But now he goes to Tennessee and he uh, did well for them, but then unfortunately got them DQ'd. It wasn't. It was exactly what Luke McCann did at Euros to get the yellow, yellow card, card, which I didn't even know was the thing. Yeah. But apparently, yellow card's a thing. Like on you have the inside lane and then you're tying up and you can feel someone coming on your outside. So you just kind of stick your arm out yeah. and like run in lane two to block them, which is not good. Well, his one, his one was a little different. I think he passed on the inside. I really? think he, I think he, he was speeding up and he passed, I think Kieran Lum on the inside and he gave him a bit of a bump. And then it was one of those ones where Kieran Lum was maybe dying a little bit, but then the bump made it seem like he slowed him down a lot. So it did mm. from that perspective, it looked like a pretty big impediment, but I think he was, I don't think it actually changed anything. We got to check the replay for that. But uh, yeah, Yassine, I just, I just had to bring him up because he, he has a, he's on YouTube channel and he did a breakdown of him <laughs> diving over the finish line. And then it just keeps happening though. So he can't keep like breaking down the same thing happening. Cause it'd it's be just, funny if he did though. <laughs> he just kept breaking it down <laughs> and different, different elements of it. Cause like, it just keeps happening. But yeah. so that was the DMR, but also on the first night is the 5k, which was very hotly anticipated just because mm. of how amazingly fast everyone was running. And I think the vibe for us going into it was Dylan Jacobs and Kai Robinson based on... I definitely I definitely had Kai as pretty high. I mean, after his World Cross um, result, you just think, wow, this guy, you can run with the best in the world at that level. Like NCAA 5K, you should be able to handle it and, and be competitive. Yeah. And then Dylan Jacobs has been crushing uh, this season too. So... I mean, Drew Boz has also been... We knew the NAU boys, especially yeah. with the altitude, mm-hmm. were going to be great, uh, Nico and Drew. So it was just going to be an exciting race because I think... I want to know, particularly for those boys, how much does the altitude play in your head? You know, like how much do you think about it? Because I wonder if that affects you in general. I mean, I, I'm sure the NAU boys think, wow, this is, you know, sea level for us, so we don't really care. Yeah. Whereas like Dylan, I heard that Dylan Jacobs came in the night before. That's interesting, eh? Um, so like you go to, yeah, you go to, yeah, to Albuquerque. the race to yeah. spend as little time at altitude as possible. possible. Yeah. So that's, you wouldn't sleep at altitude. See, that's smart because yeah. yeah, your body is going if you're not used to it, your body is going through a lot of changes in those first forty eight hours. Well, your first 
And then, like, weeks not even pre-meeting at altitude, like, pretty much all you do is shake out and then race. Because this is... Mick actually called me, the Wisconsin coach, and he was like, are there any tips for going up and racing altitude? And for these collegiate guys, there's nothing you can do. If you're not living there, there's nothing you can do. So you just got to bank on being as fit as you can. And being as competitive as you can. Being as competitive as you can. And then that's actually so smart. I wouldn't have ever thought of doing that. But it makes sense. It does. It, limiting sleep at altitude, I think, makes a lot of sense because then you you still feel pretty rested. Like we would always talk about, like the night before, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's like the week before, like getting the amount of sleep that you need, getting yeah. ready into a big race. You know, the night before, you might have nerves, you might struggle to sleep a little bit, but generally, you're pretty well rested leading up week into NCAA's. <laughs> and I think um, uh, Sean Carlson's the coach, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So short, it's like really smart move from him to put Dylan up the night before I think was a good move particularly for the 5k um, the way it played out you definitely could tell that Drew and Nico were trying to take advantage of it yeah as expected probably like they waited maybe a k before going to the front I think Drew was saying they didn't want to just be like paces for the whole field for the whole race but eventually they went to the front went to the front and tried to keep it keep it moving at least shared it a little bit <clears throat> but then I mean did some like crazy fart licking which do you think that yeah. was planned? Or- um, he kind of said that they, I don't know, that Smith had suggested it as an option. But see, I, I, I really, I really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a tack, little, little, little jab at Michael here. I think that's a terrible idea. Fart making with like that <laughs> type of talent. So hard. Yeah, that type of talent. They're not gonna, you're not gonna break them. Like Dylan Jacobs is, is he's at least like he's like a thirteen or five. Yeah, guy. you're not gonna break Dylan Jacobs doing that. You break Dylan Jacobs <laughs> by like playing your cards right and just. Hope, hoping that last K you can kind of get get him down, you know? Yeah. Fart licking, I think, is just going to tire you out because being at the front and doing that kind of, using that amount of energy, you're just going to be, in my, in, in Head Hall's opinion, it's it's a bit too much energy for them to use. Like, obviously, someone like Nico, when it comes down to a kick, like, he might not be as fast as Kai Robinson or some of the other competitors out there, but if he is able to kick earlier out and not fart like it, it could break a lot of them. The mixed squeeze, the mixed if, squeeze you will. if you will. I, I agree. I think they should have just because like, they're definitely good trying enough. to run hard yeah. for two and a half. K. Like a like a mile to go. If like Drew's like, I feel great. I'm just gonna go from mile to go and just do the best I can to push it. I think that would have been, in my opinion, Head Hall's opinion, would have been different to doing the fight. Like I think the fight like kind of maybe tied them out a bit too much. In, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you got to give credit to them for trying it because clearly, clearly they knew how good John Jacobs and the rest of the people they were racing they're doing against what were. They could do to put themselves in the best position, and they and, did break. Team guys, yeah, yeah. maybe. Like so. they, I mean, they were what third and fourth. Yeah, so amazing. I mean, yeah, I guess but then, were, yeah, just at the end, Dylan Jacobs, he he closed in at twenty six, and he also looked real comfortable. Yeah, I, doing to be it. honest, I believe that no matter how they ran it, I think Dylan was winning. It. Yeah, yeah, he looked so if good. He closing at twenty six, he like co- like comfortable. And then we men- already mentioned Mister Casey, Casey Clean, yeah. coming second sophomore. Actually looked great. Closed in twenty six as well. Yeah, pretty these good. Kids for so good. <laughs> these, these kids are so good. These kids are so good. So he's our age. I think he's might no. be 97, 98 maybe. Is he 98? He's probably a little probably 98 younger than us because he, he was a true freshman in Louisville. Okay. But, Whatever I was, that means. I was a sophomore. True sophomore. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, um, yeah, what do you guys think of, uh, in general, like 5K at altitude? How do you think you guys were done in college? Because I, I personally do not, because we were leading into it when COVID hit and we couldn't compete right so i was interested to see like how you guys feel 
you would go in prepping wise for as a college kid yeah. i wasn't i don't know i wasn't in the 5k that year but i'd know that the like i think you know you had like five guys in it and they were planning on making it fast yeah but i think morgan would have still crushed no. I, don't see, would, I don't think you would have thought about it the, i think if you don't think about it maybe it's, you do see the, the reason i can relate to that pretty well is because leading into austin which we knew was going to be really hot. We all talked about preparing specifically for heat training, which we've done as pros as well. Mm. And you can do all this kind of ridiculous stuff, but Mick was... We kind of just went into it. Like, we're going to be as fit as possible and we're just going to hope that that's, you know, what actually prevails at the end rather than trying to overcomplicate it and try these things which might negatively impact your preparation leading in. Like, maybe it'll make you more tired. If you can just be as fit as you can and then you come, can come in rested and ready to go that's what's going to be most important at the end yeah so but with that said running 1337 at altitude i i think when you're racing you it doesn't matter but that just sounds incredibly painful mm. like that's the, how much does adrenaline like play in factor there i don't think I, I don't think it to me personally i mean george and i had a good chat about it and not taking away any of the performances from anybody in college now but i think we're in a different era of just because of the shoes and because of the training's better, I think people are able to perform better. So I'm wondering that like with the altitude, it's definitely going to be really fucking hard. But I think Dylan's just at a different like, and all those boys are at a level where they can handle a 1340 race, which is what they've proven to be able to do. I think for uh, the interest with altitude in general, is like how much does adrenaline play into it? How like some people are high responders to altitude, like all those factors because. It'd be interesting just to see their reactions to it. I mean, they probably talked about in their interviews, like their reactions to how hard the race... race I think was. it's just another stimulus that makes it harder. And yeah. so if you are running slow, I think even if you run slow, it, it, it would you would notice it. But it's just it's just another stimulus. At like the with the heat in Texas, Austin, Texas, it's ridiculously hot. You're competing in a 5K. It's just another stimulus. It's just another stimulus. And definitely some people naturally are more equipped to deal with it than others. But... At the end of the day, it's just another thing that makes a 5K is a distance race. So it's just another mm. aspect of it, I would say. So I think, yeah, I think anyone, anyone that was strong enough to get like top five on that crazy cross country course in Oklahoma, they're like going to be strong slash fit enough to run a 5K at altitude. Yeah, I think so. And so and that's how it played out, really. So yeah. a great race. And then what, what I can't believe is why this is kind of cutting in from between the races, but why sprint schools don't go to altitude more yeah. <laughs> every single event under 800 meters was like a nuclear record or like world lead or something like they should just be going to flag do they well every week of the freaking season do they get positively adjusted their times if they did it for the regular season because it's just this they are I think setting for the regular season they do but world athletics doesn't give a shit yeah well they not no well, they get fall, you can fall and break a world record, I think. I yeah. do know that some people, I know like some long jumpers in particular, like if they're having like a bad season and they need to get a qualifier, they'll go compete at the track at Sierra Nevada, yeah. which is crazy high, 7,000 feet. And then they'll just like, they'll just go do it easy. Yeah. <laughs> so people do do it. But I think probably the tracks at altitude are not very accessible. Or they must good. have a regular season meet in Albuquerque though. Do they? They would be. And that is a great track. They would, they would be one. It's, I, it just, it's just access to it. I bet hard. there's no positive conversion for the long jump. Like, I, I think there not. is for the sprints, but 
like for the jumping events? It's probably just the, it's probably like, just what makes sense for you know the really good sprint schools are in the south and they're content with go. yeah they're content with competing at these amazing tracks in Texas, Arkansas, or whatever. Yeah. And they're, they're, because if you think about it, mostly like every most races that you go to are probably going to be at sea level. Like it's rare that it'll be out, you know at altitude. True, but they knew that like a couple of years out. Yeah, but then if you think about it, like would I travel by myself, waste? this amount of energy and time to go do a, a jump, say I'm a long jumper, a jump up at altitude when nationals is in Eugene. Like it's to me, like I'll just jump at sea level. What if you were just under the world standard though? Oh, and well then that's different <laughs> then. Like yeah, maybe, maybe maybe do it after very, the season. Maybe. Very meaningful. Yeah. yeah. It has to be a really solid reason to do it. I but also say, if you did do that and you set a record, people would say, oh, you just yeah. broke the record because you're at altitude. But, you still is that, is that what everyone's saying? No one was saying that. Mm, I mean, I people mean, knew. It's I'm very, saying. <laughs> yeah, you're saying it, but it's very different in the distance world because we always used to complain about, oh, yeah, so he ran 403. That's a 356, 55 mile. Like, that's been complained about a lot, I feel like, in the middle distance and distance yeah, but, world in college. Whereas in sprints and jumps, I don't think they care about that as much. But also because the records don't count. For, like, the conversions don't count in the record books or world athletics or anything. See, that's interesting to me because I feel like why would they not penalize people for having an advantage like that. I thought like those collegiate records are going to stand for fucking ever. Yeah. That's interesting that they <laughs> Until don't... Until they go how, back. <laughs> how much of a difference does it make comparative to altitude for... Well, you know, honestly, you don't know. But there is a science. Definitely, it's... You could... It's it, sounds extremely, it sounds extremely, like, complicated and intricate for collegiate track and field, but... Well, when the, when the margins are that small, though, like, yeah. you only need a tiny boost. Yeah, it would, I mean... Like, it matters, yeah. I mean, there were some incredible performances, so... Yeah, a lot of records got broken. I think it's just the logistics of it, probably. But, I mean, if you look at it in a different way, think about how many people go to Boston now, so that's kind of a similar thing. Yeah, 100%. So, it, it happens, it's just, I guess the sprint is just... I just don't think they think about it quite like that. I think... I think they think about winning more than anything. Yeah, so... But it is a great point, and who knows, maybe that's our future. When it gets more and more competitive, people mm. are like... Got to go up to Albuquerque to, to get my qualifiers. I just think like it is like us going to Boston. It's the same. If distance runners prepared to go to Boston, you'd think sprinters do the same thing. Yeah. Right? Where can I go the fastest? Yeah. Oh, super high. Everyone's just going to be going to Albuquerque all the time. They should come to the uh, the home meet at CU in a couple of weeks. Yeah. The outdoor one. Be up at the at the dome, up in Flagstaff, get those... Dude. You'd, you'd run real fast there. But so the next day was the mile and the 3k i mean that the next day was all the other events and those were also just i mean the mile was not to talk about it too much the mile had four washington guys in it kind of just they just did their thing brian fay out there leading and very competitive i i don't know any of the names of them well i just said one of them so i do know some of them joe wascom also know that name joe wascom who, who who won who won luke Luke Hauser. Luke Hauser won. So who was the guy that won outdoors and beat? That Wascom. was Wascom. That was Wascom. Yeah. So a different guy won. Yeah. I think he was in all American outdoors though. Yeah. Okay. And he looked so good running at the front. I, it's hard to tell because with the pacing at altitude, you can't tell how mm. hard it is. And they, I don't think they were running super slow. I think they were running pretty solid. But he was at the front and his form, he doesn't even look like he's kicking when everyone else is kicking behind him. And then very dramatic finish at the end though because he had... Uh, Wow, what's the name of the South Carolina guy? Uh, Ineas, Ineas. Asai, Anas Asai, right? I think so. But he was like kind of the big, he yeah, had run 350 th- in Boston. 350, so he was the big one. And then classic Isaac Bastion, member of 
yeah, coffee club. TC. TC. He was he came second, and he's known for his big kick all the way at mm. the end. But he he was so close to winning, and it was almost a case of because Hauser celebrated a bit. Did you guys see? And bit, yeah. Bastion was coming on the inside. He almost blocked him. I, I think this was just enough that it didn't actually matter. But he was so close to blocking him. It was point zero three. Did he end really close? So it was He's going for one a textbook finish and he just left it too late. Yeah. But he He had he won the fastest last lap competition. Got that one, got ticked that box. What was the yeah. what was the lap? maybe, He the way he runs it as well, if you guys watch it, I think he goes on the inside of everyone, which I think he always does. So impressive. Yeah. Just navigating but just chaos. I don't know how he hasn't like <laughs> I don't know. It's obviously easier said than done. But you'd think he would have like learned from that by now and i think he was he's been like he's really fit he's ran i think he ran 254 this season he's been in this position for he said he was feeling super good like obviously very confident but then didn't run like he was feeling really confident like if you if you know that you're going to have that kind of last lap and you're in it to win like just freaking go in like second place the whole time because he made it like so hard for himself to come from like fifth on the inside maybe he can't maybe he just wants to be textbook george it's true because... i can't say shit <laughs> but but i because that's I, what you think watching it yeah watching it, it sounds so obvious but yeah. in in, in <laughs> when reality, you're in the race it's, it's like because i story. actually he i've seen him race a, a quite a bit now and he's normally at the very back and now <laughs> and the the reason why i knew he was feeling pretty good is because he was like middle now he's yeah. not like literally last place anymore so that's i was like that's a good sign like, it's a good sign he's gonna be up there that he's gonna like finish what was well. interesting i listened to him talk afterwards is that i don't really remember this from outdoors but apparently he made the same move outdoors but he went with like 300 to go and then it didn't go well in the last like 100 he like ran out of gas mm-hmm. so this time it sounded like he was trying to time it better, but missed out by probably like ten meters, not so, less, five yeah. meters. I think he's, I think he's still young. I think he's still got a, a bunch more opportunities. So, he's just a racer as well. Yeah, he's you can see a, a national title in his future if he can get the timing right. Got to get that. Uh, wait, do we have does? Well, I guess we have some NCAA titles, but I was going to ask if Coffee Club TC has NCAA. Yeah, Owen Hacker. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. He was on the show before. He was, he I was, was thinking someone that was on the show and then they won. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hacker. Tick that box. Nice. Good yeah. job, guys. And technically, Drew. Oh no, Drew and Nico were on after they won cross time team title. Yeah. yeah. I think Owen's the only one. Yeah. Well, we we'll take it. That's a pretty good one. That and, is. And then uh, the 3K was again. Well, again, Drew Bosley. Drew Bosley, I think overall amazing couple of days. Mm just he was the one who across the 3k 5k did the best i guess i mean dylan jacobs came six on the 3k so he did backed up amazing as well and casey Klinger got second and fourth so actually i don't know who did the best i guess they all did really well but drew in the 3k i thought he was going to win with the way he was racing it at the front and then in the last literally 50 meters i don't know how to say forward masaudi who He's, he's he's the guy that pretty much won the DMR for them. He's yeah. the guy that dropped everyone by like 30 meters. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely so. crushed and he had a great finish. And then Jackson Sharp, man. Mm. I thought he was coming on the last lap. He, he has he a great had kick. The Jets. Yeah. He had the Jets. But he just, the way he With raced. guys closing. The way he raced, he just looked amazing. He's a, for those who don't know, he's 
from the Australia to Wisconsin pipeline. Yeah, and Blue Mountains. Blue Mountains outside of Sydney. And he's come on amazingly, just getting better and better. Third, he, he probably was seated yeah, 10th or so coming into it. So for him to be just, he just put himself up there and just, with like some these amazing runners and he just that's how you got to race it you know 100%. you want to not be afraid yeah it's crazy how often that closing in 26 is the difference yeah no some, one something about that number no one who has no one who didn't win or no one who won didn't close in 26 that's what it takes for the okay, kids at home didn't close in 26 but whatever <laughs> true <laughs> she probably could though. she probably could if she wanted <laughs> she, just, she just didn't need to no the, uh, the, NIL, the NIL deal didn't pay for 26 closings. She didn't need it. No, she just took the dub. But the yeah, dub. for those wondering what it takes, you got, you got to be there and you got to run a 26 at the end and you'll have a good chance at, yeah. at winning. Yeah. It actually is that simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really, it's just easy, really. Be in the top few people and then, and then close in the 26. 26 low, yeah. I think, wins it. It's simple math. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that might even be true at the pro level. I guess it's sometimes not often they do. It's twenty-five. Yeah, sometimes it's, like, it's twenty-five. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 20, 20, If it's twenty-seven, it's usually been twenty-seven the entire race, and then it closes in twenty-seven. Yeah, like um, because I mean, twenty-six. That what's that? Fifty-two seconds for four hundred. Yeah, that'll win you. That will that'll win you some races. Yeah, you're on under fifty-five. I wonder what I close at comps because it must have been a twenty-six. It must have. Well, you ran three. I mean, the faster three. the race, though, the less. The less likely, likely you're going to run 26. But I feel like that last 200 was quick as... There's no way it was slow, but... <laughs> Definitely was quick. No, I'm just curious because yeah. that theory... Yeah. Let's 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 uh, tap into that theory. Every time we recap races, let's see what the, where the 26 mark is for most... The special 26 the special number. special 26 number. It's really just like logical, I guess. <laughs> and it's just like that's that's just the level that like... But that is crazy that to. it takes to like... You win in Starblaze in 26 and maybe the Olympics in 26. Yeah. But like the total time is faster. Yeah. Just because yeah. at some point, like no one's running 24. It's no. just not happening. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, unless it's uh, 2016 Rio where Massachusetts ran a 50 second last lap. Yeah. This is true. But that's that's a very, <laughs> a very, three, very easy situation. A 350. Was it three? That was a 350, yeah. 1500. 1500. Yeah. yeah. So unless it's that, they went, through, went through the lap to go in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Central was like, hold my beer, I'm going to run a 50 second last lap, that stay on the inside and win it. That was actually one of the coolest races I've ever seen. Yeah. That was sick. But um, overall recap, boys, do you think you could compete in the NCAA? I would like to think so. Well, I would also right like, I think that's the thing we were talking about yesterday. Like, the mile this year looked so insane on the, like, on the list. The, list. Yeah. the paper. The number of people at 350, 51, 52. Like mm. what it takes to qualify, and then yeah, we're definitely not know. we're not dissing the athletes. It's just, no, we're it not. just it tells you the difference between I think it's just a running fast and then competing in like a championship. We team. had one of our Q and A submissions was from someone that we knew that we know quite well, and it was him. I'm not going to reveal him because it was it wasn't mean what he said, but he said something along the lines of talk about these collegiate kids only knowing how to time trial and not knowing how to race anymore. That's what he was saying. See, I disagree with that because we just saw them race, and I think they can race pretty well. But I think he's referring to the people who run really quick and then at the championship meet aren't yeah. there. But I mean, that's always happened. I think it's you got to have people like yeah. That. It's and you also got to have mixed right. Like the best, the best runners in the world can time trial and can race. You have to have a bit of a combination. Um, I mean, look at uh, 
Like Caitlin Tui has run, not I would say time trials. She's run pace races to run NCAA. I don't records. think I don't think he's referring to her. But I'm just saying <laughs> she's an example that can do both. I think if you if you can do both, you will be great. But NCAA has taught us that like to win a championship race, you got to be able to race, and having all those times is impressive. But when it comes down to racing, like we said, the separation is always going to be there. Yeah, I think that, that's like, what his point was. Yeah. He, I think he's saying that these kids have worked out how to run so quick. Mm-hmm. They've got that down, but the racing is still. It's not like There's it's not like been, everyone is like some genius racer. Yeah. Now, even though they've got the time, the times yeah, have gotten so much point. better. I think that's what sets apart the person who wins. Yeah. Like Dylan put on like a freaking tactical masterclass to win, and it was also ran seven thirty six a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a that's a prerequisite you have to be able to run those quick better, times there's gonna be better races than other like there's gonna be people that are better races than others there's always gonna be like that. but then if you can only if you can only run tactical races then you won't be in that race in the first place so yeah i mean you, do, you, you gotta you have, have to be you have to have both sides of the coin the crazy the crazy thing is like we just mentioned matt centrist like he's for being an olympic gold medalist man he did not run very quick very often no Look at, okay, Mo Farah, for example, his 5K PR is, like, really good. But it's not, like, one of the best 5K PRs in the top 10 or top 20. And he was, like, double Olympic gold medalist. Like, yeah. if you can get mm. both of those pretty well, you can time trial decently well, and you can race better, I think you'll be more... Like, I think that's what Mo made Mo so great was because he's a great racer. Well, I think it's not even that. I think it's that racing is actually what matters. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. Because... But you've got you to be able to time trial at some point. You have to run. <laughs> you have to be able to run just fast enough to qualify, and then be good at racing. And then you go yeah. racing, yeah. And yeah. then be the best racer, and yeah. then and then you win everything. I mean, obviously, if you're gonna, yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are at racing if you're not good enough to be up there, and uh, just. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think Dylan Jacobs put on a tactical masterclass, but you have to also say that. It's so much easier to look better tactically when you're better than everyone else. 100%. 100%. Like that's something that is always true. You're in 1305 shape. And it's so much easier to so, look like you you have great tactics. It's a bit of a 100%. what came first, chicken or the egg. But yeah, as we said before, it's amazing in Subway indoors. So good to watch. It'll be interesting how it all plays out in outdoors. See who carries it through and what changes because last year I felt like a lot of things kind of changed throughout mm-hmm. the season as you get to the end of outdoors. So. Who knows what's going to be happening outdoors. But inside of Blaze, man, always brings the heat. Always so exciting. So it was good to be able to enjoy that. So it yeah. interesting how many, or if anyone from the NCAA makes the world team. I guess specifically the US one. Yeah, it always is. It's, it's always fun to follow and see what happens. You, know, you, just, you just never know. You can't, always, you can't predict it. Because in some years, like the year Cole won the Indoor Mile, he was sixth at the Olympics. The year... Mario won the Indoor who's fourth in the world. Yeah, and the thing is, at this yeah. point in the season, you would... Well, Cole was amazing. Cole was... Mm-hmm. But at this point in the season, it's, yeah, you would never really predict it. Like, even no. though Mario won the mile, you still wouldn't put money. That guy's going to come fourth at Worlds and yeah. run 330. Hell no. In three months from now or four months, whatever it was. So, yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But um, an amazing meet. And, um, yeah, always nice to watch and relive the good old days when we used to get to go do that stuff because mm. it was so fun. It was a fun. Time. So fun. So I think our recap of NCAA Indoors took so much. I, that took way longer than I thought it was going to. Usually does, actually. Yeah. It usually does. We always think it's not going to take that long and then we just get through it and dissect it. Because and... there is a lot to it. So we had a b- bunch of uh, Q&A yeah. lined up. But 
it's kind of hard to get in. I think we'll have to save most of it for the next couple of episodes. I think. Can we pick one? Let's just do one. Let's indulge okay. ourselves and do one. Okay. See that that one is we could you talk about for so long. long. We could talk about that one for so long. What about this one? What's your guys' burrito order? Where? <laughs> that's a that's that's the question that that needs to be answered. Where? I mean, if it's a breakfast burrito, for me, uh, chorizo. I want chorizo breakfast burrito. Do I want it smothered? Sometimes, but not all the time. Um, I want some hot sauce with it, and I want those crispy potatoes in it. Some eggs, some cheese, maybe some black beans. Um, but yeah, that's my breakfast burrito order. And then my Chipotle order is that chicken al pasto. Pasto? Pasto? Pastor? Pastor? That shit is fucking good, man. <laughs> I really... I, I, I think the past couple of times I've ordered Chipotle, I've got that chicken al pasto and it's so good. So that would be my order with... Wait, I don't think... Is that a thing? Now my wires are getting crossed. Isn't al pasto like pork? I thought it normally was. But I, or it just means <laughs> or, like the pineapple. It's got it's al like and then It's al Oh, thing. that's the sauce that it's goes with it. It's the sauce that's with it. I gotta work it's on that. It's normally... I thought it normally was pork, but... Yeah. But whatever it, it is, I get like that the, with... It's like a pineapple. Uh, if it's a burrito, I double wrap, obviously. Um, rice, black beans, rem, the let, lettuce, the cheese, uh, pico de gallo, bit of, bit of queso, bit of guac, and enjoy the, uh, enjoy the burrito. That's mine. I'm going to just pick and choose a couple of things. I'm definitely, what's a big breakfast burrito? Definitely not smothered. And if I'm going to do rice, it's always, it's white rice. Mm. Yeah, I don't because, think rice either. Uh, coffee club, I don't is he TC member anymore? Now he's coffee club tri member. Harvey Nelson told me that brown rice is in there. <laughs> Dude, he's told us a lot of weird shit, <laughs> yeah. man. He's our, I, he's our food yeah. go-to for like and weird everything, stuff. Yeah. Everything he tells me, I believe. So um, I stopped eating brown rice that day. <laughs> <laughs> to, Have to do you actually? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Jesus. So, white rice. I normally go half and half on the beans. I reckon that's kind of a hack. The half and half? Then See, the I love black beans, beans though. Well, I like Pinto beans too. are good. Pinto beans are good. That's smart. And it is, that's a smart move. I'm actually, I'm more of the uh, the slow cook guy. Either the carnitas or the barbacoa. Carnitas is good, yeah. Um, well, what's the place in Flieg that everyone goes to for their breakfast burritos that Jenna used to bring back for you? What was that called? Um, tourist Home, I think. Tourist Home. Yeah. It has... Um, what's, what's, what's Boulder's Tourist Home? Like, if you get... Is it Sancho's? Well, it's no, Tourist Home. Tourist Home's not yeah, actually it's, Mexican. It's just like a brunch spot. Oh, okay. Happens to have a breakfast burrito. That's really good. It is good. Yeah. Not very Mexican at all. Not very Mexican. Yeah. Um, what's the equivalent? I don't know. Well, Sancho's like and Gumbrow. It's like be, a little bougie. Yeah. See, Sancho's and Gumbrow would be my. That's like Los Altinos. If I'm if I'm really craving a breakfast burrito, I'm going to Sancho's. I don't can't really think of anywhere here except for like maybe. Napolitos. Yeah, if you go to Napolitos, um, in Boulder, but. There's uh, there's some other ages. good ones. No, because we always go to Sancho's. So next to our gym is a Mexican restaurant called Sancho's. So we do end up eating a lot of Mexican food just from there. Yeah, it's uh, on the wall there. <laughs> Honestly, we've been in there. It's one of those ones where it's weird. We've been in there so many times and they don't give a fuck about us. No. Still. Like I've noticed. Like I would think It's that, a family that, that like runs it. I would think that by the amount of times that we've been in there together and individually they would be like yo what's up on guys like we like they don't care about no, us right? at all. They, they always ask <laughs> maybe me, maybe that's because we're so uncultured and we don't speak spanish I yeah feel like bros no mario mario, mario goes in yeah, there and speaks he spanish. speaks spanish and, and they love apparently it. they didn't they give him something for free 
don't know. I can't remember. But that's how you know it's really good because it does always have a ton of Spanish-speaking people yeah. in there. A lot Most of Mexicans are there. Packed. It's always packed with um, the Spanish-speaking people and that's when you know you've hit, you've hit gold. But, yeah, my ones, my my order is not... I think it's like the same as your guys. Maybe if I'm uh, feeling like an extra, a little bit of extra mandolin in my diet, I'll get the pork. But <laughs> yeah. apart from that, I'm normally getting chicken. Dude, how do you feel about putting like shrimp or like any like that? Nah. What? Well, you give me the illegal peas. Uh, See, illegal peas is really good. You yeah. can get the fish one. burrito. I've never really done. Never had fish burrito, but I know yeah. it exists. You should try it because it's like they make it when you yeah. order it. But I'm in, I'm, I'm so in like the middle of the country. I'm just like, I'm sussed out when I'm in the middle of the country eating anything other than sushi for some stupid reason. Well, even sushi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's especially well, like, when it's the worst. I know, that's what I'm like, It's a stupid thing, but like, if I'm like, you like, living, whole on, food, you like living on the edge? Yeah, whole food sushi. I like to risk it, bro. Whole but, food no, sushi. No, no, no. But like, if I'm going to a really nice sushi restaurant, then I'm like, I feel okay about it. But if I'm going to like, a burrito place like I'm not gonna get a fish burrito it's also fair. the smothered thing is a Denver it's a Colorado thing right it's not yeah that's a specific Colorado, specific Colorado thing. thing well maybe what? it's a southwest thing really cause yeah. you wouldn't before I came here like I've Wisconsin never heard, never heard of a smothered burrito huh. but here it's like the standard yeah to in, get a smothered in, in green chili the Denver special in whatever Denver yeah in Denver so Denver Denver what's up Denver Denver <laughs> those are our burrito orders I think we'll uh finish up there oh the one quickly merch update in the pipeline it's in the pipeline um it's been slightly it's been, further it's along been the punted it's been punted through the pipeline um our ceo gus has still had to look at the some of the samples and yeah. he'll get back to us once he's met his mind it is slightly further along the pipeline yeah. when tom wayne was in in town we uh we pushed we gave you him a couple of, you we, we gave him some nudges we gave him some nudges down the pipeline but it's still very much so in the pipeline but hopefully in the next couple of months it'll be out there and then once we get it down the first time I think then from then on the system is there so this is this is what I can't wait to see though is just hella people turning up to meets in coffee club gear it's just gonna be fucking sweet that's the dream that's the dream baby so good but with that I think that's a good place to end it episode 77 nice little recap for Insta Blaze Thank you very much for all the Q&A that we did get. We'll get to it in the next couple of episodes because there were so many amazing questions. Good ones. We're excited about it. <laughs> very excited. But that's it from us for today. Thank you much, very much for watching, everyone. We'll see you guys next week.